Hey and welcome to Rise of the Savvy Souls, the podcast where we talk all things spirituality, healing and inner transformation. I'm your host, Sarah Flynn, spiritual growth and transformation coach, speaker and mentor, here to help you as you awaken to your soul purpose, activate your divine gifts and elevate into your goddess power. I am so excited you are here and I know that it's no coincidence that our paths have crossed. So with that in mind, let's jump straight in to this week's episode. Hey girls and welcome back to another episode of Rise of the Savvy Souls. I cannot contain my excitement for this week's episode and interview for one of my gorgeous friends and absolute inspirations. Her name is Lisa Bardell and she is a healer and coach who takes women through a process of healing and spiritual transformation. With her help, she can help you go from trauma and sabotage to empowerment and sovereignty and she can really help you assist in switching on your spiritual gifts and your magic by anchoring in the higher divine aspects of your soul. So Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. It is an honor and I'm really excited to, uh, to be here and to share with you and you know your audience, a new audience. I imagine most of them um, don't know me at all. So it's a beautiful opportunity. I'm grateful. Thank you. Yay, you're so welcome. So yeah, just to paint the picture then for my audience, our our paths crossed, Lisa. I think it was November, December of last year that your energy really began to speak to me online. And for those of you who decide to go and follow Lisa on all of her platforms after this interview, you will know what I mean. She has such a powerful magnetic presence. And I just want to start by saying that like your your magnetism and your energy and the way you stand in your divine powers is, is really captivating. And that is how our paths crossed is that you, you stood out to me. And, and as we know how the universe works, when something is drawing you in, it's really up to us to pay attention to that and ask ourselves, what is it about this person or this book or this opportunity that is really calling me to, to go down that path? And so I went along to one of Lisa's ceremonies. I've since been on Lisa's retreat in Glastonbury. And yeah, you've really definitely, you know, helped me unlock and awaken spiritual gifts and aspects of myself that I didn't even know existed. So I would love for you to share because your work is very unique. Yeah. And you know, I would love for you to share with our listeners what what you currently do in the world. What does your work look like? Yeah, what does it look like? Indeed. Well, as you say, it is unique. And I think I'll start by saying, um, I feel like somewhat of an ambassador within my work for the true expression of uniqueness and quirkiness as to how we evolve on our spiritual path. You know, where we go from, you know, where we were and we're ever changing all the time. Um, you know, so yes, how does it look? Well, it's quite visual what I do, isn't it? You know, because one of the ways, so I am working with women in groups. I'm working in online groups. I work, as you know, face to face in the retreats, Glastonbury being a good example. And I work one to one. Um, so the things that I've sort of trained in, as it were, um you know that as i was sort of coming out of the old world <laughs> and and everything was starting to just sort of dissolve and you know aspects of self were being lost and falling away like the dead leaves um i i started on my path in terms of my own transformation but also in terms of how i was going to be working in the world through training in coaching clinical hypnotherapy um, advanced NLP, energy psychology, meditation teaching and teacher training. So all of that is relevant to what I do now. I guess what happens is you become unconsciously competent. You just, you don't even realize what it is that you're doing. But um, language and the way that I use language, I was quite highly trained. In, I was very highly trained in language. 
I'll put it like that. So how words you- are so powerful. Words are so powerful as well. I got a download just a few weeks ago, definitely like from spirit saying words are your medicine. Like the words that you speak is the medicine that you offer to the yeah. world. And certainly with you, you know, your speaking is amazing. Your transmissions are just um, a magical, very, very powerful. So yeah, I'm, I'm highly trained in how to use language and how not to use language and how to uh, use language in a magical way that influences deep within the subconscious. Um, how to use the right questions just to get into those little threads and little tendrils and little areas that that where we we didn't know the thing was there. You know, we, we knew there was something, but we didn't know quite what it was. So so language is certainly still a feature, and some of the sort of processes or, or the um, or parts of processes I can sort of weave together. I don't follow like old processes as I learned them anymore, but I will certainly sometimes just intuitively call on something and blend a few things together that would be, um, I guess what I'm doing a lot is working on timelines. So I'm working on timelines. I started off working on timelines as in this life. And now I work on other timelines like past life timelines and ancestral timelines as well. So that's really important so that we can dissolve the trauma and the imprint at the root cause on the timeline. And nowadays it's sort of multidimensional. Um, and I guess what developed with me through it's really through my own spiritual awakening. Um, my gifts more like as I know them now, although of course they are ever changing, you know, as you know, each day you never know what new magic is going to come and land in and be used in your work. But there was a big shift for me three years ago. Um, so, you know, the way that you just introduced me there in terms of higher aspects, becoming embodied and anchored in, that's what happened to me in a process of near death. So I got a burst appendix that was misdiagnosed and it burst in, in, you know, in my stomach for over 24 hours, therefore caused a lot of infection and sepsis. So I was hospitalized. I was taken out, you know, I was completely taken out. And it's common when you're very ill or certainly if you've had an operation or become very fatigued, that actually the higher aspects are becoming embodied in that time. And I let a lot go in that time. I, I become very very sensitive and nuanced around energy, around not seeing energy, but what is expenditure of energy? You know, I become very, very aware that all of these things that we get drawn to and sucked into is all energy. And with those micro decisions that either conscious or unconscious, you know, we've got that ripple effect that we're creating that reality, that timeline, from that sort of nanosecond of a split second, you know, of a decision. So I just become very, very aware because I had no energy. I, I was so ill, I had no energy. So even to just pick up the phone, never mind even look at it, you know, it was like, oh gosh, that's a big expenditure of energy. So it brought me right back to, to the void, like to ground zero. And I just let lots of stuff go, lots of stuff that I'd sort of get, I guess I brought into my business and, um, that was just causing me a lot of energy expenditure, but wasn't really assisting me in creating or focusing on what was most important. Mm. So, but what came out of that in terms of my gifts and how I started to work, um, I had a healer come see me because I felt like I was kicked out of hospital, literally really feeling quite, um, quite, quite powerless, quite despairing because I felt so ill. And I reached out for a healer. I'd had a bit of Reiki before, but I'd never really, I'd never really felt much, to be honest. Um, I think I wanted massage, but I wasn't allowed massage because I'd just had surgery. So, but this woman who came into my life um, was, you know, in this in this sort of like galactic, shamanic, multi-dimensional healing session, was sort of telling me stuff about myself and my future and all of this, what she saw me to be. At the time, it was all a bit woo-woo for me. You know, I just felt physically like on death's door and I just wanted to feel a bit better. Now, I did feel a lot better physically. I went from being sort of bent double with all of the, uh, you know, effects of the abdominal operation to standing upright and being blissed out. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wow, you know, there is, <laughs> there's another sort of, there's another realm out there. Um, and I didn't take it too seriously what she'd said, but within a few weeks, 
I was due on a training and it got cancelled. I cancelled it, I think. I think I wasn't feeling that well. And I looked to see what was on the following week um, because I felt I was missing out. You know, I wanted to go and do something. And there is where I landed into a shamanic healing training with a group of about 50 or 60 healers. So at that stage, I wouldn't have called myself a healer necessarily, although obviously I was, I was facilitating healing already and had been for years in my work. But in terms of being a healer or a channel, um, it was all new to me, you know. So that's where it started to that's where it started to land. And I think it makes sense if we sort of backtrack and talk about the Kundalini awakening, because um, it was what I'd experienced from the Kundalini awakening that was sort of starting to come through in this session with you know with the training and where i started to work on clients you know when you do your swaps you do your training mm -hmm. you've got your little manual there well got i just it. got it coming through you know it's like nothing that was in the manual uh, i mean the manual was long forgotten it was just like this ancient you know just these gifts and codes were coming through and it was very very assertive and very clear and very precise and very very focused obviously on the client so that was a whole new way of working for me. And that's just something that's then variously being developed and I guess up-leveled over the three years. It's sort of anniversary in the time because it was around my birthday three years ago. Wow, that's a, that's a three-year journey. Like that sounds like so multidimensional how much has changed and shifted for you. And I love how you shared that, you know, you were in hospital and you were going through what was would perceivedly be a really bad time like low energy and and hospitalized but in this moment you were able to integrate these higher aspects of yourself and then on the other side of that like the dots kind of connected and everything lined up so that you could fully activate your gifts as a channel and begin to fully step into that, which we, I know that, you know, we've spoken before about this manual <laughs> and we've, we've joked, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've joked about the manual because, you know, we've, we've both said like, there is no manual for soul gifts. So to yeah. speak, it's like, there's no, there's no blueprint that we can just hand out to people. It really is about, you know, tuning into what feels like truth for you, really being discerning with your energy and, and following your intuitive soul whisper. And yeah. so, you know, the work that you get to do now, and I just want to share for our listeners who are listening. And I, I shared this, Lisa, with you. I came to one of your circles for, the, for one of the womb blessings. Mm. And I even shared in that share circle that day that that was probably the first time in my life experience that I had ever felt the presence of the power of the divine feminine and the powerful channels that we are. Mm -hmm. And so that day, like you literally just blew my mind, opened my horizons, showed me a whole new way of being that I had never seen experienced felt before. Mm -hmm. And so yeah thank you because you just standing in your truth and being your powerful channel and believing and, and resting on your intuition and kind of taking everything that you'd learned from the from the studies and the manual yeah. in the past mm -hmm. but then really being brave and courageous enough to, to to put your unique stamp on it because you are unique and you have your own yeah. unique medicine for the world yeah really was was a was an amazing mirror for me as well oh that's beautiful to hear thank you yeah, it sort of takes me back to where I started, you know, in that because I am quirky the way that I work, it's almost like an exaggerated mirror back to people that quirky is okay and it can be very grounded and very natural and very powerful. You know, it's, it's proper magic. Yeah. Um, I so it, could agree with, I could not agree with you more. Hmm. It really gives, it gave me anyway, like, the courage to then just yeah be be quirky be all of the things be whoever i am supposed to be and yeah. embrace the unknown because you know i still don't know what lies ahead for me and what gifts or remembrances might activate within me mm -hmm. and so as that happens it's really just that reminder to embrace it all and continue to share it all from that place of, of yeah. authenticity to yourself so for for a lot of um 
our listeners, like I get messages all of the time Mm. and people know that I'm a huge fan of Kundalini yoga and I use that as a tool um, Mm. to activate myself. But I know that you experienced a Kundalini awakening that was quite um quite the experience for you shall we say i've definitely picked your brain about this before but i know that my listeners will find this a highly valuable you know especially if they're wondering if they're currently experiencing one um would you mind just sharing a little bit more about you know yeah the the journey of your gifts activating you know you stepping into being this channel and and how that all unfolded for you yeah will do yeah gladly Hopefully I won't go on too much because it's, it's quite a tale. But um, so first of all, probably what was happening for a lot of people who are listening um, was happening for me. Now, I didn't, I, I wasn't spiritual at this point. <laughs> you know, I just knew I was leaving one life, as it were, because it was dysfunctional and, and my body couldn't keep up with it anymore. And I was going to do something else. And that's something else happened to be being of service in terms of being a therapist and coach um but what was happening for me which is often the beginnings of the spiritual awakening is there was massive disruption so as i said massive disruption in my health massive disruption in my energy i had enormous things happening with me money wise because i was corporate executive before very wealthy high flyer flying all over the world two homes two cars all the business you know so it was like all the stuff I hadn't really wanted to be identified with that I guess early on in my career but you know as you get more and more you know you get higher and higher up the ladder and before you know it you know things like that become important for me I realized that like status and money and the security of all of that was important that all had to break down so it needed chaos to break it down because my ego was strong and was clinging on you know so my ego wouldn't have naturally just released it had to be pretty drastic things so drastic things happened to me with money and um you know it was literally almost like the rug was being pulled from under my feet the life that I thought I wanted that I thought was my future that my ego wanted to triumph over and and and, you know be really good at and continue um that had it had to go completely so a lot of people will probably find themselves in some sort of version of that. And that means relationships going, beliefs changing, etc. Ill health, all sorts. So that was, the, that was the precursor, if you like, before I knew anything was going on. Then I, then I did my training, my retraining. Um, and I was taking myself out of the territory of being addictive. So I was alcohol dependent. Um, I went through a heightened phase with the alcohol dependency where I'd say I was a functional alcoholic and all of this obviously had to go you know I had a lot of work to do in my own process if I was going to change and come through the other side and be of service to others so there was a lot going on my you know my focus was really really changing and then I'd still say that I wasn't spiritual like the more woo-woo things in my training and in my course, I was still a bit, oh, I'm not sure about that, you know. I liked the sciencey stuff. I liked the logical stuff. I'd had, a, um, I'd done a sort of psychology degree, so I was, I was quite, I was quite science orientated. Then, I decided to do the meditation training because I was reading a lot about meditation and the science of meditation, and the science of meditation really made a lot of sense to me, and I liked to talk about it and I liked to teach about it. So I thought this would be great for my clients the meditation and then because I'd launched into it um, with a spiritual teacher still not feeling feeling that spiritual myself and I wanted to be good at it you know I wanted to be a good student you know so this is where my ego was useful I was really disciplined with my practice and I started getting very you know different experiences different different experiences of consciousness different experiences of my body <clears throat> and I was very consistent with it because I wrongly assumed that, that, that my guru teacher would be able to, to see if I hadn't been doing the work, you know, and, and therefore, I mean, it, I was very naive, but it was good for me because it actually made me meditate and meditate and meditate. So obviously a lot was shifting because you're, you're really, really shifting your energy and also gaining a lot of insight because it wasn't just meditation. We were using meditation as a almost as a as a state of awareness through which we could then access parts of ourselves and do therapeutic work 
So I had been probably meditating consistently for about four or five months. It's not that long. And then the thing hit, the thing struck. So I'd read a little bit about Kundalini Awakening, but I hadn't read it in any decent literature. I hadn't read it through from any resource that had resonated with me or that felt credible. I just discounted it because I thought it was ridiculously woo-woo and I just parked it. But I had retained enough information to know that uh, it was something pretty significant happening to me when it happened. So I was in my meditation training, we're doing an intensive training up in Edinburgh. We had a large group for two days and then we had a smaller group for two days. And I had this, um, so the Kundalini awakening, there are different sorts of awakening. A lot of people say they're in a Kundalini awakening when they're in another sort of spiritual awakening. The Kundalini awakening is specifically bottom up. It comes from the root up. It's very forceful. It's a very forceful energy. And that's what it did. You know, it literally, you know, in a, in a small group of people, it rose up. It's a sexual energy, not erotic, but sexual was coming up and up and up and I was getting hotter and hotter and hotter and really 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 tingly and then it sort of shot up into my heart now the heart is where we obviously many people if not most people have a lot of energetic walls around the heart we have a lot of wounding around the heart so it, we, we as an energy center it, it can get very blocked so it's, it's very common for the kundalini to push up but not quite to be able to break through the heart. Now that's what happened with me, but it had a really good go at breaking through my heart <laughs> to the point where I actually thought my whole chest was going to explode. Wow. So it was like a feeling of palpitations, but, that, but not palpitations because it's actually not your heart. It was just like the energy was just vibrating and building up force and it literally felt like bone breaking you know like a bone breaking amount of energy that was trying to get through obviously trying to go to my crown so it felt like I was perhaps having a heart attack or you know I mean it, it felt pretty scary um and I I didn't know what it was for sure but I I think you know the parts of me that had retained that information from the woo-woo literature I'm probably quite thankful that I did at least read something because I just thought it is some, it's some form of awakening. This is the, you know, it's coming up from the root. Yeah. It was so, undeniable. It's undeniable at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I guess the thing is with me, because I have been very strongly logical and very strongly um, analytical, <clears throat> all major shift and change away from the analytical and into my heart and into my body, you know, into my soul, was going to have to come with some force. It was going to have to come with some pretty undeniable demonstration or else I just wouldn't have believed it. Mm, you know, yeah. I would have just carried on analyzing my way through life. So yeah, it was pretty undeniable. And I mean, long story short, rather than go into all the details around that, so that it wasn't really acknowledged. What happened to me wasn't really acknowledged. I tried to share a bit about it but it wasn't really acknowledged. And I've got a few thoughts as to why it wasn't really acknowledged because it is, you know, when someone goes into the zone of a Kundalini awakening, it's like, a, it's a force of its own, you know? And if you're under the wing, under the umbrella of somebody else's training that's caused you your awakening, I can understand it might be quite difficult to navigate perhaps legally, you know? And, um, so I'm not quite sure why it wasn't acknowledged, but it wasn't acknowledged. So I quietly sort of tried to forget about it, but I had two years within what's called Kundalini syndrome, where I was getting, because that, believe it or not, that force coming through wasn't the actual awakening. Um, it, was, it was the activation. So you can get activations of Kundalini that can be, you know, fairly subtle or extremely obvious like mine was, and then it can go back down to dormancy. And what was happening with me, it was sort of trying, it was up and down and up and down and trying to come through. But because I was very focused on the meditation, um, the meditation was, was, was bringing it up more and more and more. You know, it was like so bringing it up. So I don't know if anybody, this will resonate with anybody, but for me, because I'm very kinesthetic. Some people are more visual, but I'm very kinesthetic. So for me, I feel the energy. I feel the heat. I feel the pulsing. I feel the tingles. I feel the, you know, the, the sensations of energy moving. And it felt like 
like reverse peristalsis. It felt like energy coming up and coming up and coming up to the point where I was feeling nauseous, you know, because it was almost like, like I was going to be sick. Yeah. Um, and then it'd come up into my head. I got a, quite a lot of energy stuck around my jaw. I used to get some very strong sensations around my jaw, around my throat, sinuses. And I already had tinnitus, but it would take the tinnitus to what I call cosmic tinnitus, to, to feeling like I had no head and my head was just like filled with the sounds of the cosmos, you know? So I had that going on pretty much all the time. Um, but, but more so if I was in states of, of awareness and presence, uh, connection with, with source, I guess. So yeah, it's pretty uncomfortable, but I just sort of got on with it. You know, I just got on with it really. And I just carried on my work and I carried on with this awakening that hadn't been fully acknowledged. I did some reading around it and I just thought, you know, it's like, it's, it's Kundalini syndrome. No big deal. I knew it was Kundalini energy. Uh, I didn't really know where it was going to go or what was going to happen. I just didn't focus on it. I just, I focused on carrying on doing my work basically. And then it was a couple of years after that, that um, I've been doing a new process of energy clearing um, using kinesiology and asking lots of questions of my body. So, and I actually became like divinely assisted. I became a little bit obsessive because um, often I won't pay too much attention to these things. I'll do them and then not do too much of it. But this, I was like really going with the flow and asking loads of questions, doing sort of therapeutic loops and spirals to investigate things, I got really intrigued. So I was clearing a lot of very specific things and I could really feel a lot of energy clearing. And I think what happened is because I was actually clearing a lot of energy, I was clearing the channels of any of the blockages that might have been there so that that dormant Kundalini that was kept wanting to rise and come up and give me the full force of the awakening suddenly had a clearer pathway and for me now, I, I know people do experience degrees of this, but for me, what was unique for my awakening was it became very, very, very focused on movement. So the Kundalini, the Shakti will move through you and a Kundalini awakening sort of chooses you in a way, it chooses you in order to clear, cleanse and purify your energetic field thoroughly. It's like a reprogramming. And it's not something that comes in and does the job. It's, it's something that comes in and continues to do that job daily to some mm. degree for the rest of your life, you know, because that, there's always more to that process. But how it came through was a feeling that I, that I was going to, well, I actually thought I was going to levitate. That's how it first came through. That much energy. I thought I was going to levitate. And part of me thought that would be cool. And part of me thought, but well, that'd be really weird. And I'd be quite scared. <laughs> You know, it's like all those things that I'd read about. I was like, uh, you know, what am I going to, what am I going to do with this information? If I <laughs> levitate? Like, what's, who am I going to talk to about this? So that's how it felt. And then it started turning into a strong desire to twist. And eventually one day I just allowed the movement and it came through like Tai Chi, really gentle. And then within about two days, it started to come through more forcefully. And then I had about... I would say probably best part of a year of having to put aside about an hour, maybe even two a night or most nights, obviously within that year it dwindled, but um, to just be with myself and allow this, and I really, really honored the process. I, I found some good online mentors. I started to really understand what it was that I needed to be more accountable, you know, more impeccable, that I needed to, to devote my life to service. And I started to take everything a lot more seriously because this energy, this movement that was coming through. So it's like they say that yoga was based off observing these spontaneous awakenings mm -hmm. and all of the asanas and all of the mudras. There is a school of thought that says it was all based off actual observation of these spontaneous awakenings wow. so i would get a lot of yogic movement come through and i wasn't a yogi so i was doing things that i didn't know how to do i was doing things way beyond it's like if i tried to do it in a yoga class i wouldn't be able to do it it's the energy took me through and took the movement through almost a bit of temple dance would come through a lot of shaking twitching 
the full range of things. So you get movement that flows, you get mudras, you get breath patterns that come through that are beyond your control. You get bandas, so you get muscle locks that can be anywhere within your body. I used to get them a lot on my neck, so my neck would lock upwards with my mouth open. Well, Lisa, see, this is why it's just fascinating yeah. stuff to hear about. That was pretty graphic. So that was, you know, that was like, um, and then there'd be all sorts of other movements, as I said, and internal movements. It's almost like the level of surrender, because it's like, if, if this energy is just clearing me through and going to all of the parts within my body, even deep within my pelvic musculature, all of the muscles that you can't actually move consciously, would be doing these things and releasing. And it helped me to really understand from an embodied perspective, from a somatic perspective, what these levels of trauma release and cleansing, you know, cleaning out the imprinting of the cells and the nervous system, what it actually looks like. It's movement, it's shaking, it's sound, it's emotional release, it's mm. weird breath patterns. So that, yeah, that was all coming through. So it took surrender. If there's one word that I would speak to again and again and again, in terms of the process, it was surrender and honoring. Honoring what was happening and surrendering to it. And, and because I did that, bonkers as it sounds, and it was, you know, obviously I was very limited as to what I could do and where I could go. But it was relatively, relatively, given the weirdness of all of that, relatively okay. Mm, you made it through, basically. <laughs> it was relatively okay. You know, there were some hairy moments for sure, but I, I never felt like I was losing it. I, I felt held, you know. I felt like what's happening is what needs to happen, and I'll allow it to happen. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm one for conversation. So I'll have conversation with spirit, even if spirit doesn't speak back, I'll speak out things. And so, you know, and it's like, so I actually formed a relationship and a ritualized relationship with the Kundalini energy um, through conversation. And I felt like I, in a sense, although it's probably just a mind construct to help me survive it, but I felt like we, we just built this relationship where um, I trusted, I was never gonna be given anything that I couldn't handle. And everything that I was being given was for my highest good and also for my service to others, you know, so I could be of high service. Wow, they are like, they're such good points to make, Lisa, because even for me, as I go further into this journey and like hearing your stories and other people's stories of their activations and their awakenings, like from an outsider's perspective, it can sound like, oh my gosh, like that sounds intense. Like how yeah. did she make it through that? But the way that you just described that, that like, no matter what happened, yes, there will have been moments, mm. but for the most part, you did feel held and you had that trust. And I think that's a huge part to make that the universe will never, and spirit will never give to you that which you are not ready for. And I'm yeah. guessing at this point, you know, <laughs> you're owning the fact that you're spiritual at this point, like there was no denying it anymore. Yeah, I had to have a complete rethink on all of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, well... Yeah, and I guess in a way, you know, we what what do we do as humans? We I, I want like I said, I wanted to sort of form a relationship with what was going on, you know, and I wanted to um I guess it helped me to feel like um I was being assisted, you know, and I was being held. So perhaps I was doing a bit of a bit of framing around it that actually was assisting me. Perhaps I was doing a bit of self-coaching and self-therapy without realizing. Yeah, leading yourself as well in that moment because you could have so easily, you know, stayed in a fear-based mindset or contracted yourself and not really trusted it. Um, so yeah, you've definitely led yourself to a place of expansion as well through that process of mm. trust and surrender, which I absolutely love. And so obviously, like we know there'll be more between now and then, and, and you really will have begun to learn to integrate this energy and, and channel this energy in the way that you do now. But I would, I would love for you to share with our listeners kind of, you know, the work that you do, mm. it, it is very unique and you help people in, in such a unique way. How... How does it work? Like what's happening for you when you're doing what you do? Yeah, how does it work? 
So basically through the Kundalini waking, I was becoming a channel to higher energy, higher divine energy. I didn't really realize that. Then I said I did the shamanic training and it all came through for somebody else. That's when I, so the movement I was familiar with, but it being directed towards somebody else was new, but I was relatively okay with it. Cause I just thought, well, this is just a transition from where I've been into working with other people. So I would say that, how would I best describe it? It's like there's something about the quality of the energy that comes through me that um, assists the energy of other people. So it's almost like this process that, that we're talking about where energy is being moved and shifted, whether it be from, you know, just a cluster of cells or whether it be in a, a muscle or from the womb or in the throat or, you know, however you want to think, to think about it. It's like everything that was happening through me for my own release and for my own purification and healing, not making out that I'm pure and I've been through that process, but it's like there's something about when my channel opens, and, and we've set very clear boundaries and intentions and sacred space for the other person. It's like somehow that energy that comes through um, assists them in the same way. It's almost like there's like a merging. So I can merge into, I could sort of tune in, for instance, one of the things I could do, although I don't do it that often in this way, I could tune in to all different parts of the body and I could bring sound through for that part of the body to clear any blockages in that part of the body. So sound started to come through for me as well, which was an evolution of where I'd been. So movement was how it started and then sound and now it's sound and movement. And that does become refined. It's not, it doesn't look quite the same as it used to. So it's, I, I imagine that it's like, um, it's like energy that circulates and is able to just hone in, not only in the body, but multidimensionally through timelines to root cause, you know. So in terms of feedback that I've had from other healers, healers are very technical. Mm -hmm. They will say that I'm working thoroughly at the very, very root cause, whatever that might be. It might be galactic, you know. It might be, it might, might be nothing that we might recognize, but I'll work at that root cause and then I'll work all of the branches and all of the tendrils that come off of that to collapse it all down um, to bring some degree of resolution, activation, awakening, clearing, whatever it might be. It might be all of the above. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, no, in the beginning when you're like, how do I explain this? It's like, yeah. how do you even begin to add words? Because it really is such a multidimensional thing and it's, it's very energetic and then adding in yeah. the sound and the movement. And yeah, I can, I can be the first to vouch for the fact that, you know, after attending one of your ceremonies and your, your online stuff, and then of course getting to be in the magical Glastonbury with you, um, a lot of things completely shifted and unlocked for me in, in so many ways. Um, you know, when we were in Glastonbury together was actually just as we were about to go into lockdown with everything that was happening, wasn't it? And yeah. At that moment in my life, I truly believed that I was, you know, going off to go to Bali and go um, do Kundalini yoga training. And it was at your um, retreat where I really got that divine download of, no, like Kundalini is your tool to activate, but it's not your life path. Your life path is more the feminine way. And this is the route that you are supposed to follow. Yeah. And it was also at that retreat that, um, yeah, I got to experience you go through an initiation and an up level as well, mm. going through this clearance of one of the ladies' heart chakras, which was mm. just like the most profound mm. thing that I'd ever witnessed. I mean, that was quite an incredible experience, right? It was indeed, yeah. And I'd never experienced anything like it in a group either. So, but again, you know, it's like we will be will be presented with that which we can handle you know which we can deal with so it doesn't matter how new that seemed or how much my ego might have been thinking what's you know what's going on here or is everybody okay it was like you know we, we just focus on um 
what is happening here and just, you know, yeah, really, really dedicate and devote time and energy and everything else will just fall into place and sort itself out, which it did. Mm. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just never know, you know, you never know. And a lot of what I will say about this work, it's like being asked, how does it work? And then trying to find logical explanations for it. Um, you know, a, a lot of what's happening, I can't even articulate, you know, uh, and some people can articulate it. Some people who've been doing it for years can articulate what I'm doing better than I can. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. You know, I've got really good people around me. I work with really good people, really good mentors. But there's a part of me, and this might be relevant for your um, listeners. There's a part of me that if you look at things on face value, you know, because I do a lot on video because I do a lot of online groups. And how things come through on video is slightly different to how it would be in a face-to-face -face group, and it's certainly different to how it would be one-to-one. -one. And if you just look at it on face value and look at the, the shapes that I'm making and, and the releasing sounds that I'm making and uh, the toning or the light language that's coming through, if you just look at that at face value, you could just think, well, that's just, how's that going to work? What's that doing for anybody? Yeah. she's just standing there in her living room <laughs> making all of these funny sounds you know and there's a part of me that still appreciates that perspective there's a part of me that could think of it in a very 3d way and just think well you know how's that going to work but it's only through the fact that it does you know it does work there is evidence that things are um shifting and being felt you know so i've had a good few years of honing the craft with this and all i've had to do is show up and, and when I was showing up initially that the uh, like the container that I was creating or what I thought was going to be within that container was different you know it was like I eased in gently it was almost like the what was wanting to come through the channel was was using the platform you know like using yeah we've got video here we've got people out there and and actually escalating things for me to the point that each one could then be uh, you know we built we build on something from the last one mm. but my point is that a lot of our gifts are magic you know we've got these ancient blueprints we've done so many things in so many lives mm. to expert level you know we've gained mastery upon mastery upon mastery that we carry within our blueprint whether everything has been activated or not yet is another matter of course but you know, how that multi-realm, multi-dimensional magic comes through doesn't make sense. You know, we can analyze it and think that it's a load of rubbish, but that's the, that's the transition point. It's almost like, okay, it doesn't make sense. Okay, people might think it's silly, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna show, I'm just gonna be here. I said, I'm gonna be here, so I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be here at this time, and I'm gonna trust. I'm also gonna trust that if people don't like it, I'll be okay. You know, it's like, it's that level of, because everybody's going to get some sort of version of that in their lives as they, yeah. as their gifts switch on and activate. Oh, everybody's totally. Get some sort of version of people that they had wanted to like their work, not liking it. Yeah. You know, it's almost like we've, we've got to let those fall away because actually as you move along, they won't be your people, you know, who was mm. your people before won't be your new people. And it's only through being the antennae for what you are becoming and actually just doing it and letting people fall away that those new souls, those aligned souls can come in and can, can hear that call. So I'm that's sure definitely, that's definitely how I heard your call because <laughs> I would, I, I get it, you know, like it was, I obviously saw your videos and, and things that you were doing online before I felt called to come to one of your in-person events. Mm. But I definitely felt what I felt from going to that in-person circle that we did and, and actually going deeper into like your online ceremonies and things mm. as well was totally different to say something that you might share on Instagram that just gives somebody a glimpse of something, you know, mm. going into that ceremonial space with you watching you fully connected to your divinity and, and being in your channel. And mm. just one of the things that I really loved about the way that you work is that you really are a great example of somebody who really does live in service. Like not once 
not once in, in your presence have I ever felt you make it about you. You truly are just being that channel and being that divine light and standing strong in all of that. So I just want to reflect oh. that back to you. Oh, thank you for that reflection. That's really yes. beautiful. So I would love to, to finish. We've had an amazing conversation today and I'm so grateful for you sharing your insights. As you say, like, people on the outside who aren't quite there yet might be like I don't really understand it I don't really understand yep. how it might work and my invitation to them as well is if you're feeling drawn to it again like what Lisa said it's kind of not really about understanding it there's nothing logical to explain it you know Lisa was a very logical person herself <laughs> and she <laughs> she had to throw logic out the window and I would I would resonate with that as well you know I probably saw you months before I actually had the courage to to actually reach out to you but I had to build up my my level of understanding and be ready to receive the magic that you were about to offer mm -hmm. and so I would just invite anybody who is you know oh, uncertain or unsure about all of this stuff just know that me too even like I too had to go through that process of okay there's something about this that's pulling me in I don't quite understand what it is, but I'm, I'm open to building my, um, my understanding of it and just being open-minded enough to see where it might lead. And am I glad that I kept an open mind <laughs> because so much has shifted as a result of that. No. So just to finish then, Lisa, I would love for you to share how the listeners can connect with you, what they can expect if they want to work with you. How do you work? Like just all of the things. Okay, let's take it from um, the easiest route in, you know, for those who just want to dip a toe in. So I do regularly, I do free ceremonies for people um, because I do believe, firstly, it's important to make this work accessible um, without a huge price tag. So I do free ceremonies. I have two groups. Um, I think, can we put the links in? Yes, all of the links will be in the show notes, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, feel free to just explain how it all works for them. Two free groups. One of them is for men and women and it's a larger group and usually every month or six weeks I will do a ceremony about an hour or an hour and 15 minutes in there. Um, then recently I did a, a free womb healing ceremony. So womb healing, womb focus is one of my areas of, um, I wouldn't say expertise, but specialism. So, um, so both of those groups, if people join them now and go into the announcements section, you'll see the ceremonies that have come before. You could just tune into them. They're on replay from a Facebook Live. So that's a good little taster. Then I regularly hold one-off ceremonies. Um, so the ones that got recently developed, so since our time in Glastonbury, as you know, I was moving away from the Mune Key, the right of the womb, even though it had been amazing work. My uh, guidance was to focus much more on the work with Mary Magdalene. Um, so I created something through lockdown and launched through lockdown online. And then my Glastonbury retreat last weekend, um, as I said, just before we got online, was where I really brought that Magdalene work into Glastonbury and fully claimed it, which was incredible. So yeah, I hold regular ceremonies called the Magdalene Womb Rites. So I have one of those that's on replay that people can be added into now if they want to. Then I have immersions where I will build on a theme. So I had an immersion based off the Magdalene womb rites called the rebirth. So we work in etheric temple space across three ceremonies and they're two weeks apart. And I also have one on replay. Um, so that was three ceremonies. The first is with Isis, the second is with Mother Mary, and the third is with Mary Magdalene and Yeshua. And you don't need to have any particular experience of working in etheric temple space. You don't need to have any experience of, you know, who, who or what these energies are for you or to you. You can just simply show up as you are, no right, no wrong, and experience it and experience the transmission in a way that is just right for you. So there's a lot of that sort of work coming through. And then also something new that I'm really excited about. So part of my journey like where I was, part of the reason I was medicating with alcohol is to have a long history of body image issues and body dysmorphia really from my 20s and I know that the level of debilitation and doom and despair that that can cause in someone's life. So I've always, and I've, I've done a lot of work with uh, disordered eating and um, although I've not had disordered eating patterns myself, 
but weight and eating and disordered eating type um, work has been one of my areas since I qualified. So this one is going to blend so much together um, and it's going to bring in some new elements as well. So it's called the Magdalene Body Love and Sensuality Temple. Um, because what I've noticed in my work, the way that it's evolved, especially working with the Mary Magdalene energy, is somehow or another, I can't give you all the technicalities, I'm pretty good at switching on sensual energy. I'm pretty good at like awakening that orgasmic energy or facilitating somebody else to do whatever it needs to be done within them so that that gets switched on. So, you know, this is our life force energy. It's our creative energy. It's our passion, you know, so much of the flow and of the momentum of what we're here to experience mm. can come when we fully wake up the womb, reawaken the womb and wake up this sensual energy. But I thought to combine that with loving our bodies and shedding a lot of the shame and the fear or whatever it is that we're carrying. So I'm really excited for that one. Mm. And yeah, so regularly I'll do immersions and then you can work with me one to one. Um, people can just contact me directly anything from a single session to a course of sessions to particularly bespoke ceremonies that will be about three and a half hours to longer courses sort of immersions over six months um where we would again everything very very bespoke so mm -hmm. lots, lots of options. thank you for sharing lisa and for anybody who is listening who is you know just curious about Lisa or the work that she does I can highly recommend at least beginning by dipping your toe in with one of her free ceremonies and I just know that you will experience so much magic as she is captivating she is an absolute goddess and yeah I invite you to all go and check out all of her things so Lisa thank you so much for being here thank you thank you and those beautiful kind words really appreciate this time this opportunity thank you me too so girls if you have enjoyed this week's episode please feel free to screenshot and share it on your socials tag myself and lisa share with us what your biggest aha moments or resonating moments were throughout the show i'm going to pop all of lisa's links in the show notes so you can feel free to go ahead and connect with her after this and thank you again for listening please don't forget to rate review and share away we want to get this message out to as many people in the world so wherever you are in the world we are sending you so much love and i will see you next time